What's going on? Everybody, you've got the card board coaches here with your boy, Coach Co. I am your homeboy, your cabron, the cartel. Nice. Different entrance every week. I like it. Team, we are freshly back from the Toronto Sports Card Expo. For those of you who don't know about the Toronto Sports Card Expo, it is the biggest show in Canada. Uh, some would say the second biggest show in North America. Um, it is just, I would say, hey, anyone who collects hockey's dream. And uh, there was a few people that I spoke to who collect hockey down in the States that made the trip up. Yes. And uh, they were just absolutely dumbfounded by the plethora of hockey. Uh, specifically, if you're looking for, I mean, set collectors, it's a dream. Uh, you go by so many different booths. And they have individual cards from so many different eras in binders. You know, I can't remember the last time I saw a binder. Maybe uh, Galleria Mall uh, back when they did uh, little individual shows every Saturday. Uh, it definitely brought me back to my childhood for sure. And, uh, I mean, we saw a lot of things. We saw a lot of things. And, and we're both going to kind of touch upon. And as as always... We've got a dealer experience in you, and we've got, uh, I mean, I'd like to say spectator or <laughs> a, a a walker, you know, I'm a, someone who's a show goer in me. The, um, the, the coaches the coaches were spread around with love all over the expo. You were on a panel, Coach Co. Yeah, yeah um, that was fun. I was vending, as you mentioned, and part of a consortium of facial hair, uh, which you always fit into as well. We were all over the place, poker tournaments, etc. It was such a uh, fantastic and diverse weekend. Fun. So I think the best place to start here is, I mean, a lot of people have been talking about, I, I mean, we see recent sales, right? Like you can't, you can't not see the recent sales of some pretty prominent cards in the hobby, especially considering PWCC just released their top 100 list. Uh, of the most iconic sports cards ever made. And, and you will find that a lot of those cards on that list have taken a pretty big beating over the course of the last, let's say, six months. Let's say from March until, let's say, eight months. March until November. Um, so from what you saw as a dealer, how would you say the current state of let's say the sports card hobby is because I think differentiating the difference between the sports card hobby and the sports card market is interesting. And we can kind of talk about that too. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Yeah. Um, it's like, this is a big, the, the big element here is perspective. And it, there's such a mixed bag of viewpoints you're going to get these days because of the fact that, you have people that have been around in the space versus people that are new to the space. When I say new, the last couple of years. Um, and everybody's having different experiences. And they're all legitimate. And uh, they all have something that tells a tale of the overall market, so to speak. For someone like myself, and you know, you know, Brendan, I, 
first of all, there are different levels of the market. And we know basketball and football are extremely volatile right now. And we're kind of leading the way in that early 2021 market peak. They sure were. And if people were really getting wrapped up in that, getting wrapped up in FOMO, there's a lot of bitterness and negativity emanating from that right now. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of anger. There is actual real anger that I've seen, even in, even in the hockey sector, by the way. It's called over-leveraging. It's called overdoing it when you are uh, focusing on one particular thing. Now, I'm sure you would agree, uh, Brendan, that there are positives and negatives to uh, being as kind of uh, having as much of a variety as I tend to have. Yeah. Versus having a focus, there's definitely positives and negatives. And the reason why I like variety within a sector like hockey is because you have something that you're going to enjoy guaranteed yourself, and then you're going to have something for someone else as well. And for me, it, the whole show was an absolute pleasure. Every deal I made, every purchase, every sale, every trade was a pleasure because I was not over leveraged in anything. And I'd not put too much into any one particular thing. I was not buying at peaks, okay? Thankfully, in, with, with some, some of these items, you know, six months ago, a year ago, I was selling at peaks. Maybe I missed some peaks, but those items that fell off a peak were still desirable and could net you things, for example, in trades and things like that. Was there more trading? Yes. Why? <sighs> Lack of cash, potentially. Um being more careful with cash potentially, but that didn't necessarily negate the values of the cards that were in play when there were trades being made. So my favorite moment for myself in terms of a deal was, I guess I accidentally encountered the famous Ziri. Were you aware of Ziri? Yeah. 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 Before the show? Yeah. I, I was aware of him, but didn't know the specific name. I'd seen his videos. Um, he kind of talks like this in his videos. I think he does it on purpose, Brendan. He's, oh, I'm looking for a Connor McDavid rookie. I can't yeah. believe I have him. Um, he's got his own thing going on. Um, I have a lot of people like, oh, my God, you met him and you saw him and tell us about him. And it's really weird and awkward because I'm kind of like, you know, people should still be able to maintain privacy uh, to a degree. But by posting the cards I received from him, I guess that kind of let the cat out of the bag. Um but I certainly didn't know who he was when I was making a deal with him. And he was very fixated on, a, on one particular card. And we had a negotiation that was completely reasonable, non-confrontational. And that was the theme of the show. And that really got it going for me. And it gave me a good feeling because one of the cards involved, which is the Contours, uh, was only made one year by Upper Deck during the McDavid rookie season. Obviously, Upper Deck was interested in making as many McDavid cards as possible. And because it was so unique, this die cut on card autograph rookie card, I'd actually been looking for it. But the reality is uh, people are not so fast to make available these obscure McDavid's, many of which are probably still sitting in wax, many that are, that are probably stashed away. So I was super happy to grab that as well as several other cards. And that was one of the big themes was you could still assign the value to some of these cards, even though someone couldn't necessarily bring it upon themselves to whip out a couple thousand dollars it still had value in these trades and these movements. And that was particularly noticeable in hockey. Um, markets make sense to me now. Baseball was down across the board, except for some items like uh, SPs, like the Acuna bat down, uh, the Rodriguez SP from Series 2. 
which makes sense to me. Popular cards. Yeah, but, the, the you know, Rodriguez, the Rodriguez just came out too, right? So it has it has the recency as well. Yeah, yeah. If we give it some time, um, we'll see what happens with that. But baseball obviously was not selling well, and if it was selling, it was at a deep discount. Yeah, okay for me, uh, particularly because of that stash of around you know eighty slabs that you that you so nicely <laughs> took up the real estate in your backpack that you brought to me from our order. Yeah, I mean, for, fortunately, fortunately, it was on day one, which was like industry night. And so I was like, like, whatever, you know, it, it, it might as well get yeah. this thing done now before like Friday, Saturday. Couldn't have been better timing. Yeah. Um, and as you know, and, and you know what I had into some of those cards and they were the July special. So there's a lot of people who picked up some great baseball cards for me. They would not have had that scenario anywhere else. And I was OK moving it at what I was moving at. One of the things I keep in my mind is what my costs are uh, to begin with. And a lot of people don't seem to do that. A lot of vendors don't do that. A lot of vendors are stuck on here's what it should be worth or what I think it's worth or what the comps are. And we'll get back to comps. I'm sure you and I will in a second. Yeah, I'm excited um, for this conversation. They're really stuck on it and they don't want to get away from it. And that, you know what happens when you do that? No movement, no, nothing interesting. I need movement. I need movement in the sense that things have to be coming and going. I have to be getting on to the next thing. I want to taste a little bit of all the different amazing things that are available in the hobby and all the different opportunities as well. So if you have that mindset, the expo was fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're asking specifically about the market and that sort of thing. Yes, down market, but it's well. All, I, asked, I asked about the hobby. All your perspective. I asked about the hobby and, and the hobby now. Yeah. What you're alluding to, I think, is collecting. Yes. And, you know, certainly that that's something that you were uh, you were focusing on and taking advantage of at the show. And I certainly was all about, wow, I could get these items that are going to sit in a PC. And uh, some people know I, I sometimes call that dead money. I don't mean to say that in like a negative way or like a egotistical way where I'm trying to put your your card down by saying it's going to be dead money. What I mean is it's going to sit, I'm going to sit and admire it. And I'm going to be okay with that yeah. for a while. And I was yeah. able to get a lot of those items lower than ever, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, and you, good. you kind of touched upon it, like just by, you know, in, in the early stages of your, of this dialogue where you mentioned that uh, a lot of people were looking for so many different things. Right. And I think, when when we talk a little bit about the sports card hobby, and and like I said, it's very important to differentiate the two between the market and the hobby. I think when you start talking about the sports card hobby, I think the hobby element truly starts to come out when prices start to dip, actually. Because right. when prices are hot, people instead of really focusing on that PC and like 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 you mentioned, like dead money, they'd much rather put that into something that they can make more money with. And then eventually get that PC item, right? Like yeah. that's kind of the frame of mind. It's like, okay, well, like things are rolling right now. What can I roll this into to get me one step closer to, let's say like a true grail, right? Like, so I might pass on like one of those PC items right now in order to get like a true grail later, right? Now, whether that ever comes to fruition, I don't know. Um, and so, you know, my perspective as someone who was roaming the show, I mean, it's interesting you said that, that, you know, a lot of people didn't bring cash because I went the complete opposite route where I had a few cards, but like, I, I noticed that, you know, deals weren't really being made. I brought a lot of soccer because I mean, it's the world cup's coming. Um, 
And, you know, a lot of the soccer stuff I brought was actually quite niche. And if we're talking about collecting, you know, I thought that it would like, you know, even if one card in my batch pulled on a heartstring, because I brought a lot of stuff from of like actual like soccer goats. You had like Dennis Bergkamp and and Roberto Baggio and Fabio Cannavaro and like players. This like was that. the most this was the most Baggio I've ever seen in my life, by the way. <laughs> and, you know, that's an extension of it's the most soccer I've ever seen. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. But like, it's grown. And, and so and and so I brought a bunch of like niche things that you know like people would would might resonate with, um, with that collecting element because I, I felt that going into this would be a lot more collecting. You know, prices are down, um, and this might be a cool opportunity to pick up something that you might not see every day, um, and that's definitely what I brought, um, and and there just wasn't there was little to no traction on that, and so after you know about a day and a half of that, I was like, you know what. I I'm just not even going to try to make deals with these. And instead, like, I mean, I brought cash anyway. Uh, I was fortunate enough to move a bunch of stuff leading up to the show. Um, I was moving things in, in troves and, you know, I had, had a lot of pretty good sales leading up to it. Um, and I also think that just being liquid is a great opportunity because you never know when something's going to kind of like fall in your lap. Someone's going to message you out of the blue, be like, Hey, do you want to check out my collection or, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. And you don't want to have to scramble and sell, potentially have to sell something at a loss in order to like make up those funds. Um, and I think so if you have like a, a decent float, like you can always kind of have wiggle room with any move that you're going to make moving forward. Uh, all that to say, uh, I was 100% like basically buying this expo. I was, I was buying, I managed to pick up literally uh, like my grail which was I, I, crazy uh, to, to even think about. Uh, I picked up a Mega Cracks Ronaldo rookie in a BGS 8. Yeah. Um, you know, for those of you who've been tuning in, I picked up a Mega Cracks Raw a few months back. I haven't got the grade back, but I, I suspect it's probably like a 2 or 3. Um, and I was I was really happy with a 2 or 3. Uh, but I, my, my a, goal was, was to get... What? Was, was your pickup... Was your pickup straight cash or... It was probably like 80% cash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'd imagine you got in at a level that was much better than you may have foreseen. I, I just, I, this also, it's, I mean, we talked about this before too. Like it's the replaceability yeah. element as well. Um, yeah. And, and when you know, when you can look, when you look up a card and you can't exactly pinpoint what the comps are, I think that's probably a pretty good sign that like, and, and it's something that you've desired for quite some time. I think it's a sign that like you should probably grab this while you still can, if you're in the right position to do so. Like I said, I went, I went there for the intention of buying after like two days, I hadn't bought anything big, really. I bought a bunch of, you know, one thing I, I truly took a lot of pride in this show was value box hunting. Um, because I was like, you know what, if I don't know what I want, I'm going to do, what makes me happy and what makes me happy is finding a dollar card and then selling it for 12. Like, like that yeah. actually truly like yeah. I, that, that's what got me into the hobby as a kid. That's what got me back into the hobby initially. Like I love those little flips. I don't know what it is about those little flips. They find them so rewarding to course, spend yeah. 60 bucks and end up with 30 cards and, and potentially turning that into like $600. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and if I have the time and I don't know what I'm doing, it's just a great opportunity for me to be at someone's booth for like 30 minutes, talk to them, uh, see how their day is going. You know, a few other people walk by and ask me what I'm doing. 
Um, so that element was amazing. And that's kind of what I did for the first two days. And then the third day I was like, all right, like, I think now's the time to pull the trigger on this. Um, I, I'm going to keep talking for the next like two seconds and just also bring up the fact that another thing that I really enjoyed that I did, um, was start to build out a set. So I had, it. I, I told myself I was going to build out a set, um, you know, in the later parts of this year and into next year. And I actually had a conversation with, uh, Dave from Science Lab, who, spoiler alert, we're going to have on this podcast very soon, um, very recently about my desire to want to build out a set um, and ideally in a specific grade. So I want to do nine or higher. Um, and I, I it's a set that, that you know, means a lot to me. Um, I don't know if I want to announce on the podcast just yet because I want to I want to have like some uh, I want to have a few of them in hand right now. I've I only know what it is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what it is. You know what it is. But anyway, it's it's a set that's actually like readily available, and it was already readily available at the show, and so it was a great opportunity for me to flip through binders, look through bins, um, and and pull a bunch of cards that like people otherwise really wouldn't give two shits about unless they were on a checklist. So uh, that element was really fun. Uh, I think the hobby is alive and well. Um, obviously, the market is down. I mean, I'd say majority of markets are down. Obviously, there are some outliers in certain markets that are up, as with everything. Um, and if you hold cards uh, of those players that are up, congratulations. Um, because you did something right. But uh, I, I think that the collecting element from what I saw was alive and well. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Touching on a couple of things you said there, because uh, we walked away with, uh, I mean, you're, you you walk away with a mega card, haha, ha, mega mega cracks. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. But we walked away with iconic players that you know we walked away with cards we really wanted of some really high end players that were more accessible, not not necessarily because they were cheaper or whatever, just more accessible and out there and available. And we walked away with them. Well, the fact that someone awesome. someone made them available, right? Like right. in order for you to buy something, someone needs to make it available. Exactly, yeah. And I prided myself on the fact that I challenged myself. I didn't tell you this, but I didn't bring any money to, to spend. What I did spend, it was in and out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you talked about the little flips. Um, you know, in a lot of situations, people want to move something on their way to something, like you mentioned. I'm happy to help out in the sense that I'm able to acquire it at a, at a position where I know that literally 10 minutes later, I'm moving that to someone else for a quote unquote small flip, because that's everyone in that chain is getting helped out. Yeah. This was the show where I had the most people who quietly, and in some cases it was a language barrier for people with, from, from, from people from Quebec, Quebec yeah, or from Massachusetts um, where it was very, it was just a silent deal. Like, I'm going to grab all this stuff. Give me a price. Okay. And I'm out of here. I had more of that than ever. Okay. And when, and you know what? I think people were coming up coming to my table by word of mouth, hearing that it was that easy. And again, that's why I say it's a matter of perspective. There are some old school dealers who just weren't willing to budge. Yeah. Um, but you have to have a better mentality en route to where you want to get going, so to speak. But again, without, pointing out anyone specifically or making i'm not i'm not you know i'm not judging anyone or talking down to anyone i'm just giving examples here if you decided to spend the hobby boom or even right before the hobby boom accumulating key iconic players let's say for example Sidney crosby and you poured tens of thousands of dollars into that 
Now is not your time. It's not. And I'm not saying it won't be down the line, but now is not your time. This was not the show for that. And it was quite clear very quickly. Um, but that's why I think the people that have more diversity in what they're doing in the hobby, collecting, flipping, et cetera, they had the best time at the show because they could do it. They could do everything in the context of a bigger picture instead of over leveraging or getting too much going in one high end sector of the market. You're going to have to wait to see what happens and you're going to have to wait to see if the hobby can come back that way. Um, there weren't people showing up with a gigantic amount of money when they were looking for some quote unquote grails, they were always trying to get it like a few hundred dollars less than made sense at the time. Uh, and I, and there was a couple cards I had where guys kept coming back. They wanted to cut it down a couple hundred dollars. They were waiting, 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 but then someone else came by and grabbed it, you know? Um, but, uh, the overall attitude, uh, was fantastic. The overall vibe was fantastic at a show where the cartel cleared things up and uh made amends with jeremy lee of sports card live you can't say enough about the vibe at the show incredibly positive um getting getting the kids that could come by and uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of people talking about uh trading up challenges maybe that's a thing right now on the tiki talkie and in social media and it was more for me it was like keep the card here's a bunch more cards you have to help you on route so helping out the youth in the hobby which were there uh, in full force. Um, it was great. It was a fantastic vibe. It's really weird for me that, to then jump back on Instagram and see all this negativity. Yeah, I know. It, it was weird. It was really weird, actually, because I feel like we were not in, our, in our own little bubble for a little bit. You talked about people from the States that came by. I saw you hanging out with King of Cards. Yeah. Um, all these uh, all these other uh, individuals that we saw, if I start naming them, I'm going to forget people. So hockey, I don't do hockey that. Cards Gong Show. They were on the podcast with me. Or hockey the, Cards Gong uh, Show showed up. I will be uh, I will be speaking with them soon. You did a panel with them as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, I'll be on their show discussing 1980s OPG very soon. Love it. And uh, they had a great time. Um, and I'm sure they walked away with, I, I know, uh, uh, is it Gropman or Gropman Cards? See, this is yeah, about, I don't want to start naming everyone. He walked away having had, had a, a great time. I think he wants and, to be called Gropman. Rotman. Rotman. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I got it right, I think. Um, yeah, you did, you did. But again, there, no one was defecating anywhere and making unreasonable demands and unreasonable statements about Canadians. It was surprise, fantastic. surprise. And we had we had Jeff there. We had Jeff there. We had uh, the... Uh, Jeff Wilson is always, uh, regardless of how you feel about him or how I feel about him, uh, always supportive of the show. Yeah, he was always uh, respectful. Buys you know? hockey. Yeah. Buys hockey, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so that's it was it was fantastic. There was so much going on. Both relics and mint ink here uh, had great trade nights. Relics hosted the poker tournament that Thomas Caberlet sat in. It did. I was lucky enough to get to the final table. I have no idea why Coach Co uh, pulled out. I have a I'll feeling it's because I'll, I'll tell you why. I, I feel you were scared of the cartel potentially. No, I don't know. Absolutely not. Um, but uh, tons of fun. Tons of fun. All these events were fantastic, guys. The mint ink. Uh, event was very high end. Um, these guys put on a great uh, uh, trade night. Uh, it was almost like a, 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 a dance party. Tons of food. Um, and it's just, again, just reflective of the vibrancy in the hobby and in the local scene too. We're getting, it's, it's getting better and better in Toronto as well. You know? Sure. So, I didn't see uh, HS uh, Hidden Gems. I didn't see Hidden Gems there actually. 
Uh, I believe uh, our friend, uh, our our Greek, uh, our Greek freak friend, was wandering. Was he? Uh, I did see him. He was wandering the show. He's always there in some capacity. Perhaps had some cards laid out on a table somewhere. He had a pretty bad experience a few shows ago that we won't get into here. Yeah. So maybe that had a role to play in it. But uh, no, he was there. He was there. Everyone, everyone was there. And everyone capacity. can read. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. In one way or another, they were there. So. Uh, now, so why were you not involved in this uh, poker tournament? Uh, Man, I'll tell you why. Because I my sleeping patterns have been so messed up since the time change, <laughs> bro. I've been waking up bro. at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And so waking up at 2, and then I got to the show for 10. Right. I was basically straight. And on that day, I didn't eat. I barely ate anything because I wasn't paying 14 bucks for a slice yeah. of like shitty pizza, pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. It's so bad. It tastes like cardboard. Uh, yep. And if anyone wants to fight me on that, the, the comments are wide open. Let's just make something very clear, though, about pizza, pizza. It does taste like cardboard and it's horrible, but they have the best dipping sauces. But the, the dipping sauce dipping. has to be good because the pizza and, and tastes celery so bad. Items. So if you're getting like <laughs> fries or other items from pizza, pizza, you're golden. The problem is the pizza of the pizza, pizza. They do that on purpose. They do that on purpose <laughs> because they're like, yo, you're going to have to wash it down with something you know <laughs> so like everything else needs to be good um, but yeah, anyway so by the time like like that that it, no it, that's that, a thing the, the trade night hit i was like man i am zonked also typically i mean i don't know if i've shared this with you guys before like i mean i am like i get super overstimulated and so usually what happens over the course of these shows is I like go for walks outside. Like I like leave for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes at a time. <laughs> and I just like disappear from everybody for like 20 or 30 minutes. And it was pouring rain. And so everywhere I looked, there was like, and I loved this. I mean, I loved talking to so many of you and, and hanging out with everybody. And, you know, everywhere I looked, there was someone new and it's someone I either knew or, or knew me. It's hectic. Um, but it was just a lot. I got so overstimulated. I was like, by the end of the day, I was, I had been up for like 20 hours. I was like, I can't, I'm not playing poker till midnight. And I was like, I don't know when this is going to end. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, just yeah. fucking. I and like, I, no. I, of course, I'm the worst at scheduling in general, as you know. Yeah. But I, I didn't, I didn't say to myself, you know, I wasn't planning on how long that was going to take to, you know, it was like 50 people playing. Right. So, um, I just embraced the madness. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't sleep. I'm still recovering. I'm still not okay. I'm finding myself four or five in the morning, not feeling tired. I really messed myself up. And and we could do a whole entire hour long <laughs> podcast about eating, sleeping and consuming nutrition during the, the expo, because it is the biggest challenge. It's just no and matter like, how, no matter how hard you, you try or like how prepared you think you are, you're just never prepared. Ever. Yeah, I, I, I was I was the most prepared I've ever been. I, I'm really lucky to have found myself in the consortium of people where I where I wound up. I was kind of very centrally located, as you remember. Yeah, I was right next to a very profoundly popular and extensive um, uh, dealer. Uh, you were grabbing stuff out of out of his bins, uh, hit him high auctions. Uh, I think it's hit him high sports cards now. Yeah. Um, I was really privileged that I'll be going forward with them. And so we were kind of in the, the, the heart of the storm, so to speak. And it was really nonstop. And like you said, overstimulation is a thing you have to really, there were a couple of times coach go where like people left my table. I'm like, what did I just do? 
what did I give and what did I get? And I can't remember. And then I'm already moving on to the next thing. And a kid's asking me a question. And I think I may have accidentally ignored the kid because now I'm talking to another kid. It's a lot. It's a lot. You have to be prepared for it. And this was the best prepared I've been. And I still felt a little off, but, um, but listen, man, it's our, it's our Christmas, right? It's, it's a ton of fun. And like I said, I'm going to keep repeating. It was such a positive vibe. You did not get the sense, at least me, again, in my experience, I I did not get the sense that this is a hurting market or a quote unquote down market. I saw a market in flux that was dealing with it one way or the other. People still want the same kind of things. They still chase the same players. They're just getting more strategic about it. Did you Um, see how many people were up at Upper Deck? Did you see how many people were ripping Series 1? And we're going to talk about Series I was not able. This was the first time I never even visited the Upper Deck Pavilion. It was madness, bro. And well, the amount of good timing that the amount of I agree, products. I agree, I agree. Yeah. And not to mention, uh, there's a ton of people doing RCRs too. Like the Beckett line was madness, actually. Um, yeah, but, but we know your feelings about RCRs. However, we yeah. haven't heard your feelings yet about series one. So we're going to be talking about this. Yeah. Um, you ripped a ton of product. I've watched people t- rip a well, ton of product. Hold on a sec. I'm not ripping a ton of product here. I'm not a breaker and I'm not spending thousands on product. Let's let's now look every year. I have to, I other than extended, I have to get maybe three hobby boxes. I mean, that I would say that's a ton. No, is that a ton? I don't know. Also, three hobby boxes is that's a that's like. That's a that's like five hundred dollars. You know, oh, look where, where are we at right now in the in the release? I've done two of series one, right? Yeah, so, that's. I mean, it's only been out for like. A and week one and was half. courtesy of Mint Inc. that had the best price at the show, uh, for cash, um, and they handed me one that had a top rookie card in it, which was great. Uh, I got Owen Power in the first one, and I got our uh, buddy on the Kraken. Uh, what, what's his name? Matty Beniers. Yeah. So yeah. so I've done well for myself, but yeah. um. But that being said, you know, I, I need to know. I, I need to know what's going on with the product. I have to get a sense for it. Um, it's very designy this year. I loved I it. I liked it at first, and now I don't. You can change Why? your mind. Why? You can change your mind, folks. Why don't you like it? I don't know. It's not resonating with me. It kind of looks like 94, 95 Fleer Ultra kind of to a degree. I don't but, know. But I like, I like those 90 sets. I, I know. I love I know. those 90 sets. Look, the main thing is apparently, got, apparently, what they did was they got rid of the like the the game used like random stuff that no yeah. one really cared too much about. Do you know what I'm talking right. about? That was typically yeah, yeah. in there, and yeah. they you they put all that money that they would have spent on game used stuff into the the various different inserts in the set, yeah. which I thought was really cool. And, and I thought tell, like they they are nice, they're nice, and it's designy and it's different. That that is a good thing, no matter what. Just for some reason, I don't know, the, the, the young guns aren't resonating with me this year. Uh, they haven't for a few years. I think 1920 was the last one that I really liked. But and those are traditional. Yeah. yeah. I like Future the glossy. Young guns, they keep traditional. I like the glossy finish on the cards this year. I think. You can uh, see that the quality control is a little better. It's still not perfect. These people that are saying they've got it down, no, they don't. They no, don't. I know. But the, I'm talking like the actual, there's like a glossiness to the young guns this year. Sure. You yeah. know, and I kind of really like that actually. I like it, like it's like shiny, like it. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, and I do like, I do like that much. Like last year, we, we have this rookie class where there are several people people are chasing. Remember how bad like series class. one was last year, and how bad it was in twenty twenty. In is, terms of quality control, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm just talking about the. It is uh, considerably better this year. I'll agree with that. From what it's I've seen, it is considerably better. Still not perfect. No, I mean, of in course, terms, it's not in terms perfect, of the uh, they're mass-producing the hobby boxes. Of course, it's not perfect. Yeah. In terms of the selection, 
you know, it's good that people are chasing multiple cards. There's a lot of guys that have these young guns that are playing currently, putting out some production. Um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's it's all right. It's it's there's this thing happening now that Upper Deck's catching up, where there has been a lot of product rolling out, rolling out, rolling out. You got to be careful with the fatigue kind of thing. I mean, also, is it advantageous for them? Because while we're waiting for like these major releases. We're like dabbling in stuff like clear cut, which I really should not have dabbled in. <laughs> it, it ended well for me. But I was I really, gonna say, I was gonna say it, it. It ended up pretty well for you. It ended okay, but it started horribly, and it was just—it really was an indication that we just re, we really needed some hockey. And cup, now it's rolling, the and there's cup, a lot of products. The cup still hasn't come out, right? No, not what for twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, that's gonna be massive. Twenty twenty one. Wait, 2021 did come out? Kirill Kaprizov laughing? Kaprizov has a cup card? It, it hasn't? I don't know. Or have we, we still have not seen 2021 cup. Does Makar have a cup? Yeah. 2019, 20. We 2019, 2019. Yeah, you're right. That, that's out for sure. So, it, yeah. So, some of these, pro- well, they did I announce did. they're going to do it because there was a question, are you even going to release Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't Holy think I don't think Cappy has a cup yet. Then. Yeah, so that you know, you got the SP patches, you got uh, the exquisite, or not the exquisite. You got these. Uh, the, yeah, that uh, that would make sense though, because SP just came out. Right. SP came out like I don't know, well, like four months ago, right? Yes, and there's some you know big prices on like Jason Robertson and Kaprizov and. Uh, yeah. Laffy, I wish I could tell you he was doing better than he is, but he's not. Those cups are going to be ridiculous. They're going to be. Instead so- of the Rangers, we got the Devils. Figure it out, folks. Bro, I've been saying I like the Devils. I've liked the Devils for a bit, man. I've been saying the team is nice. I picked up uh, Brat off waivers. You guys are all sleeping. People were sleeping on it, I guess. But, like, look, even still, even if I said they're, they're going to be better, couldn't have predicted what's happening right now. Got to be honest, I don't think it's going to keep going that way. But... And you dropped Vanacek. What's wrong with you? I, I sold that early. I, mean, <laughs> I did well with it. I, I don't know that I would have gotten that much more right now because you, if you check, uh, Co, it's Schmid. Vanacek and Blackwood. So it's not like one is 100% leading the charge, but I think I did well with it regardless. But yeah, of course, could have could have waited a bit longer, but I mean, would you not have made that move without knowing that the Devils would be winning 12 in a row? Yeah, but I, I, I would have traded, man. You got to use use those chips, bro. I don't know, man. I got a pretty I got a pretty decent. Aren't you aren't you second last? Hmm? Aren't you second last? Oh, you're talking about our fantasy. Yeah, I got yes. rid of him way early. Oh, no, no, 100%. And here I am with Matt Murray. And, uh, <laughs> that's what, I was like, what's this guy talking said, about, bro? As much as Jordan Bennington hurt me for the last two weeks, he's helping me now. No, I know he is. I know he is. And I, and that's your boy. I knew you'd never you'd never get rid of him. But, man, what do you want to talk about streakiness? My goodness. Uh, I, I put up a story about his last five versus the five previous to that. Owen oh, five. 3.8 uh, GAA and then like 5 and 0, 2 point whatever GAA. It's wild. It's wild how streaky he's been. Uh, but that's look, that's the fun of early in the season. The, the Philadelphia Flyers had a huge start. The Sabres had a huge start. Look where the Sabres are now. Yeah, I know. That that That's really unfortunate because there's a lot of people that are excited about that team. Um, but look, all this is like, like hockey is in full swing right now. It's a very healthy market. It's like people that are in that market and deep in that market, they don't know what these other people are talking about. Like, what are you talking about with a down market and all these problems and all this negativity? Um, but there are people in the hockey sector that did the basketball football thing. 
when it came to uh, high-end accumulation and, and banking on uh, the very tippy top. And I think you'll agree, I mean, outside of Ovechkin, which is still a healthy market, the tippy top in any sport right now is kind of risky or not moving. It's not liquid. It's not moving. Yeah, it's over um, leverage themselves in that. I, I don't know if it's not moving. I think they're moving. I mean, are arguably too much, you know, and for less. Right? Well, yeah, well, I mean, the the idea is that like what, those cards don't move, and that's what that's what keeps the value up on them is because they're so hard to acquire, and because so many want them, so many people want them, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, you, seeing... you just made me look up the you just made me look up the fantasy. I killed it this week, man. Against <laughs> the guy who's four and one, I did all right. Yeah, I'm shitting the bed this week. Um, but uh, I mean, you're seeing a lot of like high end Brady's up for auction. You're, like, yes, that's true. You know, I, I and um, but just there's just players that you just probably wouldn't see sell. Um, here's here's my high end Brady, uh, Brendan. My 2015 just received from PSA 10 contenders base Brady. Nice. That's my contribution. Nice to uh, 2015 to football. 2015. That's not bad. What is that? Sixth year? Seventh year? Eighth year? No, that's way way more than that. Fifteenth year. Fifteenth. Is it? Yeah, yeah. His, his rookie's oh, 2000, bro. Oh right. Why did I? I thought it was 2000 <laughs> for some. I'm not. I'm not in this football market. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, cool card though. Did you watch the World Cup today? Uh, I've 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 been following along some elements of the World Cup. Obviously, uh, that release was getting a lot of uh, uh, a lot of chatter. It's very expensive. Certainly out of my, my price range. Yeah, I mean, it was actually, like, cheaper than the basketball releases, which I found super interesting mm. because the World Cup happens once every four years. Right. And, and basketball seasons happen every year. That yeah. being said, uh, I, I don't think there was a ton of, like, desirable rookies, and that's usually what kind of brings those Prism products along. Um. Wow. But uh, I, there's an interesting element, and I, I don't know if this will come out. I mean, or or is relevant. Um, but I, I, it, there's a lot of prominent players that this might be their last World Cup, and so for that reason, people are like, "Oh, well, it's it's their last World Cup, the last time they're going to be on a Prism card." I haven't heard anyone talk <laughs> about that with other cards, but uh, I mean, have you? Uh, like, like, you know, no. like, like last, last season Gretzky, like our, our last season Gretzky is the thing. No, no. Yeah. See, so I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I, I... But, uh, just like kind of in the overall, uh, scope of things. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's almost like niche superseding the product. Like prism has lost a bit of its luster as it not overall. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about the rookies and the product, that's important, but, you know, it is a major soccer release. The timing is amazingly good with, uh, with the world cup, uh, in full swing. And I got to tell you, I soccer F1, and I know F1 is getting criticized lately. I, again, I don't focus too much on that, but in UFC, more people asking about it, more people looking for it, more people offering it, more people buying it than ever. It's all I see. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for you know you know we'll end this thing off with. I got the perfect thing. So, what is one thing that you are looking forward to seeing the most that at the next expo in the spring? So let's say fast forward to April. Is it April? I think it's April. Fast, 
Fast forward to April, May next year. I think it's May. We're at the expo. What is something that you hope you continue to see or you're looking forward to seeing? And don't say people I mean, because we all look forward to seeing people. It's a good question. I mean, I, I look, I'm happy seeing more of the same what I saw this time. Um, and maybe the continuing progression of some individuals kind of uh, switching gears and responding to what's happening instead of just trying to stay stuck as if nothing has happened in the last little while. Um, I mean, other than that, I, I can't really think of anything specifically. People were just so, um, the communication was fantastic when it came to deals. Um, I think I was only cussed out once for like not having something that I said I'd be bringing. That's funny. <laughs> it's different. It was very, very yeah, specific. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's, but, a, know, that's, like, that's, a, that's like a personal relationship too. Yeah, no, no one was offended by uh, any pricing. No one was, if I wasn't offended by anyone bringing things to my table. Deals were made respectfully. I just want to see more of the same, really, when it comes to that. Um, yeah, that's that's really it. I want to see more kids. I okay. I think I didn't I didn't see as many kids as I thought I'd see at this expo. I mean, obviously, as a vendor, I'm watching and people are coming to my table, so I'm a bit of a different. Yeah, yeah. Experience. I know what you mean. Yeah. I I just I didn't I didn't think I saw as many kids as I did. Mm -hmm. I mean, even during a pandemic, quite frankly. Um, and and I don't know if that's because they changed the space, um, and and the overall vibe of the expo felt a little bit more spacious, actually. Yes, um, but that's true. I, and so I don't know if that's the reason why I feel like I didn't see as many kids, but I, I do truly feel like I didn't see as many kids. And um, I think, I mean, obviously we know this, like in order for sports cards to continue to prosper, you know, long after we're gone, uh, we need to continue to get kids involved and we need to continue to share. I mean, these wonderful experiences that we've had yeah. growing up with these kids and try to reenact those experiences. And so I want a big shout out to you, um, you know, like you mentioned previously that you were, you were actually helping kids with their flip up challenges and adding to them. And, and I think, um, you know, when we have the opp opportunity to interact with kids, uh, we need to try to make them as, as positive as possible. Now there are some kids that are absolute sharks and, yes. uh, and, and <laughs> they just, they, now uh, uh, almost aggressive. <laughs> the, the interesting thing, since you asked about what I'd like to see more of, yeah, uh, I saw less of that at this show. Now I don't know if that's just because they weren't coming around my table, but yeah, maybe maybe they stay away from you. I did see a lot less of these giant cases full of these expensive cards and um, sharking around, as you mentioned. I mean, those are kids starting to get into their teens and stuff. Yeah, I did see. I saw a lot less of that. Um. And the kids that I did see, for the most part, were alongside dad, who was bringing them into his love and passion. That's awesome. What you're talking about has to be, like, when I was a kid, I was dragging people. I was dragging my family along. Um, we need to see more of that. I'm not saying because I, I wish these horrible situations on these parents who don't care about this yeah. have to pay. But I, we do need to see more of that. The kid organically, like, because of his love of hockey or because because of it, because he's just into cards and collecting. We need to see more of that where we're seeing plenty of, you know, dad is bringing you into what he loves. Um, we do need to see more kids where it clearly it's like, it's like a lot of the women at the show were clearly dragged along 
and yeah. hanging in there. They were just so fantastic. Big shout out to the wives, the girlfriends that that uh, were hanging out, sisters, mothers, you know, and, and tolerating this ridiculousness that we uh, get up to. But um, but yeah, we 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 need to see more or organic uh, kind of interest from the kids. And you want to instill a sense of amazement and wonderment when you are helping them out. Like you mentioned, when I'm helping these kids out, you want to instill something inside them where there's like the people that are doing this are cool and nice. So it's a nice, friendly environment. And this whole thing is cool. And they're showing me cool stuff. And I see cool stuff and kind of shield them from the other aspects. That's all about the dollars or some of the stupidity that you do see happen at shows. Cause we always see a little bit of that stupidity. Um, you know, the, the, the person I set up with has a great eye and ear for that because he's always walking around and buying, as you know, Yeah. and he, he, he witnessed everything, anything that happened, he, he saw, and he has stories about, and uh, some of it is unfortunate the way that some people behave. We're seeing that slowly fade out that stupid element of, people snake oil salesmen, you know not just that but just people taking things in a certain way and forgetting that that most people most people handle this as a hobby and as something that brings intense enjoyment so don't be raising your voice and don't be getting into fights that's ridiculous save that for your social media save that for your personal life don't bring that to the sport card expo you know cool. oh and yeah and, 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 and again just uh, yeah, I, I did mention to you, Co. I'm gonna take a moment here for a couple things. Yeah. Um, try my best to keep it together. Uh, it's a, it's a card podcast. We don't need to get super emotional or anything. But you know, my my experience at the show started very early on when I needed to grab some food, and uh, they the uh, uh, as some people know, on the Thursday the debit uh, system was down. I don't know if you know that. Nope. And uh, so I was in line and about to pay for my food, and all I had was my debit card. Cause I told you I didn't bring any cash and the person in line ahead of me saw the situation and paid for my food. I don't know this person. I wish I, I didn't even get his name. That would have been awkward too. Maybe he didn't want to give me his name, but that's how my show started. And that, you know, that meant a lot. I mean, okay, fine. It's like less than 10 bucks, but I mean, it meant a lot. Yeah. And then having you show up and bring the slabs and uh, people just giving, being selfless and, um, and again, just seeing so many people, it's it's a weird thing. You're, you're close with these people. Some of them, you know, on social media. Some of them, you don't. Some, some, not everybody's on social media. Some people you just see at the shows, right? Um, and uh, just random acts of kindness. I had someone drop a Vladislav Trechak autographed 8 by 10 on me because they saw what was going on on my page on Instagram. I'm sure you've experienced this as well. Yeah, no, uh, I, I had, it's unbelievable. I had this cool set of Florida Panthers uh, inaugural season autographs dropped on me. Some big Panthers fan. All sorts of cool stuff like that. And of course, you know, all that does is just influence you to give back the same way. Of course. And it's a nice cycle. Yeah. But uh, I don't want to single this person out and I don't want to embarrass them or anything. Um, so I'm, so I'm, I'm going to be really weird about how I'm telling this story, but um, <clears throat> someone that I was helping out with something, uh, at the show and that I see at the shows and that I see at local shows and I even see in person see I don't I'm, I'm being stupid now I'm narrowing it down made a comment about friends and friendship and we never know and this goes for life in general as you know especially we're personal trainers and we work with people and we help people cope 
we, you never fully really know what's going on in someone's life. And especially nowadays coming out of the lockdown and the, uh, the mental, physical challenges, the emotional challenges of everything that's happened. It, it really feels like in life, we haven't had a chance to relax because if it's not a, if it's not a pandemic, it's a war. You can't even comprehend how many people that affects, um, not just the people immediately in that area. If it's not war, it's an economic downturn. If it's not that, it's everything else we deal with, our health, our family. And we never really know what's going on. There are people out there that this hobby and the people that they meet and the connections they make, it means a lot. Like you don't even realize just how much it means and how important it is to these people it might be the thing that's anchoring their lives and we should never make light of that or make fun of that what we should do is just kind of get inside ourselves and realize how that can be a thing and how important that is and uh there might be someone out there who values what you're doing 10 times more than you even realize and that's not about that putting pressure on you to, to do anything. It's just, it's just being aware of that and um, just being aware of that vibe and, and using that positivity to keep putting that out and to, be, to behave a certain way that's respectful and supportive uh, with, with, with people around you because some of this really is like, the most important lifeline for a lot of people. And that's a privilege for me. It's a privilege for you. It's a privilege for anyone who has a voice in the hobby or who has friends in the hobby. You don't have to have a voice. You don't have to be an influencer. You don't have to have a podcast. You don't have to have an IG feed at all. Um, but it means a lot to a lot of people. And uh, that's an amazing thing. And that's part of what makes this all amazing and why there are all these podcasts and all these people involved. And at the end of the day, there's something incredibly positive happening in that way. So that's just, I wanted to throw that out there because it was something that hit me really profoundly after this last expo. I think that's an amazing place to end it, man. You know, just uh, continue to do great things and continue to have positive impact impact on those around you. And, um, you know, it's all we can do. So uh, I hope Absolutely. you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Cardboard Coaches. As always, make sure to like, subscribe, comment, share this with your friend who needs to hear this message. I love you guys. Have yourself a wonderful rest of the day. Cardboard Coaches are out of here.